everyone. My name is Kate and you're listening to episode 246 of The Kate Show. Do you guys know the real reason why designers, stagers, and other home pros avoid creating a marketing plan? Well, they overcomplicate it. Like that's really just what it comes down to. If you've ever thought about creating a marketing plan for your business and you thought that meant you had to know exactly which blog post topics, social media content, and email marketing subjects would be released each week over the next quarter, take a deep breath because you're overthinking it. Your marketing plan should be written in pencil, not permanent marker. I bet you did not expect me to say that, did you? You should be committed to that marketing plan evolving, even while you're implementing it. It should be flexible. A marketing plan creates a big boundary surrounding and protecting all the things that you can do in your marketing while blocking out the quote-unquote shiny object marketing ideas that will only distract you. Here are some examples of how this boundary would work in action. Do you want to create daily TikToks for your business or has someone suggested to you that might be a good idea? Well, that's not supported by the marketing plan because your ideal client does not use that platform, nor is there any data to support that social media helps sell high-end home services. So as you can see, it gives you a hard, fast answer, yes, or in this case, no, to should I be on TikTok? How about another scenario? What if you want to blog about your recent project reveal? Is that worth your time? Yes, and it's allowed by the marketing plan because it coincides with the fact that you want to increase your SEO, you want to showcase your work, and you want to show up in front of your ideal client. But let's say you've been offered an ad placement in a local magazine. Should you take it? Yes or no? Well, typically the answer should be no because your marketing plan might forbid you from competing with everyone else's ad in a magazine, especially since you can't track the ad's effectiveness. Now, maybe your marketing plan would actually say yes to that. And this is where everyone really has a slightly different marketing plan, even though we all have the same pillars and a lot of the same goals, honestly. Now, one more scenario. What if you want to send a last minute email newsletter about a new service or product that you're offering, even though that wasn't the topic you had originally planned for that month? Yes, you can still do that. You can deviate because your marketing plan supports the fact that you can change topics in mid stride as long as all the topics relate to your business and make sense for your ideal client. So if you're ready to create a flexible, practical marketing plan for your home industry business, today is the perfect time. It is not too late to create a marketing plan for 2024. In this episode of The Kate Show, I'm walking you through exactly how to create that plan. As with most things in marketing, it's actually far less complicated than what most people would think. So let's get into that today. Before we do, this episode is brought to you by The Foundation website. You need a better website now, and you don't want to do it yourself. You need a website that can grow with your business. You want a website that's easy to update on your own, attracts your ideal client, and gets you found online. You want a beautiful website with good SEO. Is that too much to ask? No, it's not. And if you would like a professional website designer to set up your website, handle your basic SEO, optimize your images, and help you with copywriting, and you want to maintain full control over that website moving forward, the foundation website by the Socialite Agency is for you. Now you might be like, isn't that just the custom website design that you've been offering since forever? Well, no. Simply put, if you have a specific vision for your website and strong opinions about what you do and don't want, and you want us to handle 100% of the SEO, 100% of the copywriting, and have it be 
totally tailored to you, then you do need a custom website, which is something that we've been offering, yes, since forever. But if your main priority is to have a stylish, functional website that's ready to use quickly and can be easily updated as your business grows and you're not married to any specific vision, our semi-custom website design will be a great fit for you. You can figure out whether or not you want to go semi-custom or full custom by heading over to katethesocialite.com and looking through the services. This episode is also brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, you might feel trapped in your business. Like how on earth do I make more money without necessarily working more hours? Because there's such a thing as life balance, right? And none of us want to work ourselves into the grave, including designers, right? You feel me? So designers, if you're looking for a way to sell more trade-only product, that way you don't have to send your clients to retail and make measly pitiful little markups on stuff, similar to like archaic affiliate marketing, Side Door is for you because it presents another option. You can sell trade-only products and earn an average commission of 30% on each sale, which is amazing because you have a lot more income potential. It can actually be a viable income stream and you don't have to worry about the headache of inventory or handling orders, shipping, return, or customer support. You can curate products, accessories, furniture, whatever for a room, sell it, and get paid and side door will do the rest no matter how you use side door it is a smarter way to scale your design firm so if you would like to get started with them go to onsidedoor.com today lastly this episode is brought to you by honeybook if you're looking for a streamlined automated client process that will up level your business and improve your branding look no further because honeybook can automate your client bookings questionnaires contracts and invoices i've been a honeybook user for quite a while now and it is amazing because when people do custom websites semi-custom websites or pinterest management with us we have that whole workflow automated so that we can do what we do best without having to be like did we send that proposal did we send that reminder email oh no something fell through the like that doesn't happen because of HoneyBook. If you would like to try HoneyBook, go to HoneyBook.com and use the code SOCIALITE to receive 50% off your first year. All right, guys, let's get into it. Let's create your 2024 marketing plan. Now, at the mention of the term marketing plan, many of us tend to freeze up because it sounds intimidating. How on earth can we create a plan around something that we feel so unsure about? And that is a fair question. In fact, it's impossible to create a marketing plan if you're not sure where you want your business to be in the next six to 12 months. So let's actually start there. We're going to set a marketing goal and work backwards. Most home industry entrepreneurs will say that they want their client base to grow, they want to improve their online presence, and they want more recognition. Seems like pretty good marketing goals, a little bit vague, but you know, decent. But before you can create a marketing plan to reach any of those things, you have to first ask yourself about four questions. Number one, what do I want to become known for? This determines which of your services should be in the spotlight and which ones should linger on the side. In other words, you're going to have a flagship service and then you're going to have add-on services. Number two, who is this service best suited for? This determines how you should package and present that flagship service in your marketing. As you can imagine, in my business, I have, let's just say, website design for people in the home industry, just like you. And I package that in a way that makes sense for you 
I would package it very differently if I was trying to do website design for chiropractors. Okay. So just keep it in mind. Keep in mind who you're trying to present this to and then use the language, address the pain points of the person you have in mind. And that brings me to the third question you need to ask yourself. And that is, how will this service address the pain points of my ideal client? Because this determines what you'll say about the service. Remember, you're not selling the actual service, really. You're selling the emotional transformation, the result that your client will experience as a result of that service. Number four, you need to ask yourself, how will I measure the effectiveness of my marketing plan? If you can't or don't measure the effectiveness of your marketing plan, you'll never know if it was successful. The key performance indicators or KPIs of a good marketing plan are typically things like the number of leads received overall in your business, ranking leads from best to worst based on the percentage of leads who actually became clients, or you could do it based on the project value or some similar metric. You also need to understand that clients might be referred to you through several different lead sources before they actually convert. So example of this would be they might find you on Google because of your blog. They might opt in for your lead magnet, get your email marketing, but they also might be referred to you by a friend while seeing your signage on the street in the real world. And can you say, well, they came to me because of the signage? I don't know. Can you say they came to you because of your blog? I don't know. Because here's the thing. People have to see you again and again and again before they're willing to convert. So that's why you have to make sure you're showing up in the right places. Not everywhere, just in the right strategic places. But before we get into what those places are, let's talk about what a marketing plan is and what it isn't, because there's a lot of misconceptions around this. So a marketing plan is a set of boundaries. Think of it as like when you're bowling, and if you're not very good at bowling, like myself, you might use the bumpers. Yeah, so your marketing plan is like those bumpers in the bowling alley that keep the ball rolling in the right direction, keep it from going in the gutter. And these bumpers, these boundaries are the only thing that will prevent you from getting distracted by FOMO. You know, the fear of missing out on new marketing things, whether it's TikTok or a new trend on Instagram Reels, or maybe everyone's like, I don't know, like there's so many trends and they're here today, gone tomorrow. And it's really easy to get distracted to then find yourself hiring someone to do this thing that everyone else is doing. And you have no idea if it's working for anyone else. You don't know if it's going to work for you. You don't know if it makes sense for you to do, but well, you're throwing money at it. Don't do that. Okay. Your marketing plan will help keep you grounded. And your marketing plan is the only thing that's going to prevent you from overspending your time or your money by, you know, just trying stuff. So even if you're trying to do stuff that isn't trending and you're like, oh, I don't know, like I'll just try it and see if it works. Of course, there's going to be an element of that in business because a lot of business is just one big experiment, kind of like life but we have to be sensible about it. And having a marketing plan can help you say yes to the right things and no to the right things as well. Now, a marketing plan is not a list of goals because actually by the end of your marketing plan, you will have reached a specific goal, but the goal itself is not the plan. Okay, so a lot of people might just be like, well, no, my goal is to get more clients. It's like, okay, but that's where we have to work backwards. Like, how are you going to get those clients? What information do you have to put out there to get those clients? By the time you've reached the end of this plan, by the time you've executed the plan, you will have met the goal. 
the other thing you need to keep in mind is a marketing plan is not just a list of topics that you want to blog about. And this is really where I see a lot of people falling into a trap because they're like, well, I got my marketing plan. Here's my list of topics. That's it. But there has to be more to it than that. You have to have one piece of marketing feeding into the next. You don't have to have the same topic in your newsletter as you do in your blog post. And I'm going to go through all of this, so don't worry. But I'm just trying to clear up some misconceptions here. Now, lastly, a marketing plan is not set in stone. As I said earlier in this episode, write your marketing plan in pencil, not permanent marker, because that marketing plan is going to evolve as time passes. That's how life is. Things change and grow and hopefully become better. Well, there is this thing called entropy, but hopefully become better over time. Now, here are the basics that your marketing plan should include. Three things, a digital presence, an offline presence, and a personal presence. Let me break that down for you quick. Digital presence means email marketing, blogging, some social media if needed or desired, and Google business listings. The offline presence consists of print advertising if necessary, signage, a storefront if you have one, vehicle wraps if you do that. The other thing is personal presence. That's how you describe yourself and your business when you're socializing or when you're networking. And it's also in how you present yourself. So it's actually very important. We are our biggest marketing tools. And if we're showing up in the sweatshirt and the yoga pants, or if we're showing up at a fancy event in ripped jeans, like sure, maybe that's part of your brand and you can get away with it, but maybe you need to dress the part so that the people you want to work with don't feel put off by how you're showing up. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. You need to create your marketing strategy and you need to schedule it. Otherwise it won't get done, right? So for most in home industry businesses, some combination of the following things I'm about to list tends to constitute the most effective marketing strategy. So in the digital presence category, we've got an email newsletter to all your contacts once or twice a month, blogging on your own website once or twice a month. And now I say on your own website because I have had clients in the past who are like, well, here's my website over here. But then on the other side of the spectrum, I have a blogging site. And I'm like, what are you doing? These two have to be put together. Like if your blog is not on your main website, it's not helping you at all. The next thing you need to have is, well, you can consider posting on social media just once a week. And those posts should consist of a photo of you, your team, or your work. It's got to be one of those three. If it's anything else, it's not going to be beneficial to you. You also need to update your Google business listing every month by adding an image so of your work, of your team, something similar, or and or a link to your latest blog post. Now, here's the thing. Boosted posts, social media ads, Google ads, and other digital advertising is not considered marketing. Ads that exist to get the attention of your ideal client can be helpful, but only if they are backed by actual marketing. So the ad by itself is just advertising. It's not marketing. It's meant to be the carrot that you dangle in front of the donkey. And then the marketing is what gets the donkey to follow. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So offline presence. Let's move on to that. Don't underestimate the power of showing up in the real world. If you have a storefront or a studio, obviously you're going to make sure that it's clean and well lit and attractive with curb appeal, even if you don't meet with clients at that location, because that speaks volumes about your brand and about your attention to detail. But what if you work from a home office? I know a lot of you do that. Well, if your HOA allows it, put one of your own yard signs in your yard. 
and get shirts for you and your team that have your branding on them and wrap your vehicle. Yes, even if you are a one woman show, you wrap it because it is your own mobile billboard. Now, that's something I would definitely be doing if I were serving people in a specific geographic area, like especially around where I live. Turns out, though, I don't really serve that many people around where I live, so it doesn't make sense for me. But this is something that I wish I could justify doing it because I think it would be really fun to wrap my Jeep in my new branding, especially because I'm really happy with my new branding. But if you are in an area where you're serving people around you, like within driving distance, obviously, and you're not just offering online services, it would make sense for you to turn your vehicle into a mobile billboard. Now, obviously, there's no schedule for this. Like, there's no reoccurring schedule for wrapping your vehicle or putting a yard sign up. But these things, even though they're one and done, they still need to be done. So make sure that it gets done. Now, let's talk about personal presence. There's no better way to market your business than for you to show your face live and in person at events in your local community. You don't necessarily have to sponsor the event. Just attend it. Trade shows, vendor fairs, the golf course, the local chamber of commerce meeting, the school board meetings. These are excellent places for you to become known and to get to know other business owners and homeowners. Now, when you're there, you don't have to be talking about your business. You can just be a person. And when you're interacting with people at events, however great or small, just keep these tips in mind. First of all, don't use an elevator pitch because nobody cares. Ask them instead what they do because they'll return the question and you can answer in a single sentence. For example, I'm an interior designer for busy families in this area or in the tri-state area or wherever it is. Or I'm an organizer and I love helping businesses get their digital files all tidied up. Whatever it is, don't provide your business card unless they ask for it, by the way. And don't forget to look on brand and presentable because this helps build trust and authority. And don't pressure yourself to quote unquote work the room. If you have a nice conversation at an event with three people, your networking quota has been met. And also on that note, don't think of this as networking. Think of it as socializing because that's way more fun. And there's a lot less pressure. The second you start putting pressure on yourself is the second you'll start coming across as awkward and forced. And other people are not attracted to that. And you wouldn't be either. So reduce the pressure, attend one socializing event a month, try to talk to at least three people. And if you only get to talk to one, you know what? It's okay. You didn't fail. You still showed up. And that's really a lot of what business is continuously showing up even and especially when you don't feel like it. Now, like I said, the schedule for your personal presence portion of marketing should be at least monthly. Every month you should find or create some way to meet with other adults in a conversational setting, whether it's a bustling cocktail hour or a quiet coffee shop. These interactions produce relationships, which lead to referrals, which lead to business growth. Guys, my business would not be where it is today if I didn't have relationships with other business owners and people referring others to me. I mean, I owe a lot to Michelle Williams of Scarlet Thread Consulting. I owe a lot to the WCAA because these relationships were forged early on in my business and they believed in me even when I was brand new and they sent business my way. And now I'm to the point where I can send business back to them. And that is the that is the beauty of this symbiotic relationship. But those things weren't built overnight. 
I wasn't instantly like, oh, yeah, I'm an IP or industry partner with WCAA. Send me all these clients. No, it had to be nurtured. It had to be developed. And that's why I want you to start now. And I want you to treat this with as much importance as you would treat a client meeting. Or, you know, honestly, a lot of us will put more time, effort, and worry into our social media posts than we do into actually meeting people in real life. And that's so backwards. That's so upside down and inside out and just flat out not helpful. So we've got to reshape the thinking around that socializing in person will always be better than socializing online. All right, now let's talk about the marketing commitment that you're about to make because this plan is absolutely meaningless if you don't commit to it, right? Marketing is a long-term commitment and you'll need to consistently implement a marketing plan for about nine to 12 months before you're going to see noticeable results. Yes, I know it's probably not what you wanted to hear, but it is the truth. So if you're ready to commit, then please repeat after me. I commit to sending blank email newsletters per month on topics that relate to my services and or the impact my clients will experience as a result of my services. So again, I commit to sending one newsletter a month or I commit to sending two newsletters a month, whatever it's going to be. Pick. You've got to pick. And then the next one is I commit to blogging X amount times per month on topics related to my ideal client's pain points. And then I commit to sharing my blog posts on my Google business listing X times per month. And I commit to attending, hosting, or initiating X amount of socializing events, however small, per month. Now, the show notes for this episode are really going to help you out. So I do suggest that you go to katesocialite.com or the katesocialpodcast.com to get these. Again, this is episode 246, creating your marketing plan for 2024. The show notes are going to be very helpful so that you can just add them to your own notes. And I'm also going to have different fill in the blank areas for you. So it's very interactive, the show notes, full of homework for you. Aren't you so glad? All right, so now let's talk about this actual marketing plan, because a plan is nothing if you don't schedule it and get it done. You need to plan your marketing at least a month before actually releasing anything. So right now it is February, which means that the plan we're about to talk about should begin in March and it should continue through the rest of 2024. I have an actual layout in the show notes that shows you each week of the month, the marketing task associated with that week, and then some tips and notes to, to keep in mind with that task. But I am going to run through it right now with you so that you can just listen to it. On the first Monday of the month, you need to schedule an email newsletter that will be sent in the middle of that month. Okay, you don't have to send anything in real time. In fact, I highly suggest you don't send things in real time because there might be a typo. You might realize you made a mistake. It's good to give yourself a little bit of breathing room. So the first Monday of the month, schedule your email newsletter. And by the way, don't overthink the topic. This is where a lot of my clients get hung up when they first come to us because they're like, I need to do email marketing, but I don't know what to say. Well, guys, don't overthink it. You need a topic that talks about your services. And if it doesn't talk about your services, then don't use it. Your newsletter should always end with a call to action that tells people how to connect with you for their project. And you don't have to be like, oh, just contact me for color consults. No, it can be like, here's how I approach color consulting. And then after you talk about that through a couple paragraphs and with a few images, then you can just say, click here to book your color consultation. Like it's that simple. Now, so that's the first Monday of the month. Let's talk about the second Monday. On the second Monday of the month, you need to write a blog post that will be published at the end of the month. 
So you're writing it or drafting it or whatever it is in the second week of the month, and it's going to be published two weeks later at the fourth week of the month. Now, your blog post topic does not need to match your newsletter topic. That would just make things overly complicated. Also, newsletters cannot be used as blog posts because they're too short and they are not SEO'd properly. I have seen a few people doing this and less now than before, but every now and then I come across someone, uh, typically a designer or an organizer for some reason, who has decided to put their newsletter like verbatim copy and paste into their blog. And not only is it really short and doesn't have the right call to action, it doesn't have any SEO optimization, like it just doesn't function well. So it's not something I recommend doing. All right. So that was the first and second Monday of the month. Let's talk about the third Monday. On the third Monday, you're going to pick, plan, or attend a coffee date or a social gathering. Now the event might occur at any time throughout the month, but this week, this third Monday of the month is designated toward figuring out what you're going to do and when. On the fourth Monday of the month, you are going to address your Google business listing by either uploading a photo to it or linking your latest blog post to it because your blog post will have come out that week. Google business listings are updated with images regularly, or at least they should be, because that is what gives them more views and thus translate often to more traffic to your website. But here are a few things to remember. If there are more than four Mondays in a month, you can take a little break on that fifth Monday. You really can. Yes, you're allowed to do that. Also, you need to make sure that you add these weekly marketing tasks to your calendar. Don't write a sticky note. Don't put a reminder in your phone. Just schedule it the same way you would schedule a client appointment and then honor that commitment that you've made to your business and to yourself. Now, if you don't know what to say in a newsletter or a blog post, those of you who are our clients at the social agency, you know that you have a whole vault full of blog post topics and newsletter topics that are already written for you. And you just have to go pick one that relates to your business or to the services that you offer or to your ideal client. And you can just go with it. Don't overthink this. Your marketing is never, ever going to be perfect. My marketing is certainly not perfect, but it does get done. And that is what makes a difference. That is what will grow your business. So guys, I want you to get away from the idea that your marketing plan means you have to sit down and figure out exactly what you're going to say verbatim each week, each month, each day over the next year or the next quarter or whatever that is, because that would intimidate anybody, even me. And I am a marketing professional. That would scare the heck out of me because I'd be like, well, I don't know, like so much can change. But that's why we have the marketing plan. The plan is the, the bumpers on either side of the runway that keep the ball rolling in the right direction. Now, the ball may not roll in a straight line. It may go zigzagging across, but because you have the boundaries in place, it will still be headed in the right direction. And that's all we're asking for when it comes to a marketing plan. You just have to make sure that you're consistently showing up in the three areas that I mentioned, digitally and offline and personally. And you need to make sure that everything you're putting out there is sensible for your ideal client and attractive to them. This is something that you'll get more comfortable with the more often you do it. And of course, if you need help with marketing, if you just want someone to create the content for you, if you want someone to create the content and push it out into the world for you, that is what we're here for. So you can go to katesocialite.com for all the details on that. But guys, this is what your marketing plan should look like. Isn't it a lot less complicated than you thought it was going to be? I hope so. 
All right. Until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon.